1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority.
0: Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag
2: SmackDown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins.
0: Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer.
1: Hello and welcome everybody back to Shake Them Ropes. It is episode 56. Rob McCarran here alongside, via the internet, Jeff Hawkins at CrapGame13 on Twitter if you want to uh, tweet with or at him. Jeff Hawkins, how are you today?
0: Much like the tag team match in TLC... The winner of the Pickham game, Rob McCarron, but still champ, Jeff Hawkins.
1: You are the champion. You are, uh, I'm one game back. You are You are four- not
0: one game back. I'm counting all the preseason games too, fool.
1: Nope, one game back. <laughs> Although we'll get into that later once we uh, go over our main thoughts of TLC. Probably not doing a whole TLC rundown since it is now uh, two days old, if you will. And we've moved on to Raw and the return of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Drawing the lowest audience of the year for Raw on USA Network. Mm. The post-pay-per-view. It is a post-TLC Raw, post-pay-per-view show. And it was the lowest-rated Raw, non-holiday Raw of the year. It's peak. I went back and looked at the England show, because they taped a show in England uh, last month on November 10th. And the lowest-rated hour on that taped show beat the highest-rated hour of last night's Raw. Basically, all that tells us, I think, is that the last couple of months of Raw have kind of soured the audience a little bit. I don't think it's a reflection of what happened on last night's show. But yeah, people are... Uh, I mean, 400,000-plus people not watching Raw last night that watched it just a month ago.
0: I think it's a combination of a few things. I think December has a lot to do with it. I mean, remember, November is sweeps month. So people do, more people do watch TV... At that time, um, there are holiday specials. There are holiday parties. Yeah, there, there are mean, football there's... games. There are. I don't. Uh, I don't know what beat it last night necessarily, but uh, certainly you know, not that Bears game. We've we've watched a lot of wrestling in the last four or five days, haven't we? Between yes. the two of us,
1: My and that's God. why you had uh, you had texted me or emailed me. Wondering if we should record this show on Wednesday so that we can watch the live Smackdown tonight.
0: <laughs> oh. And
1: I immediately thought to myself while reading this email, fuck that. We are not such, doing that. Such
0: language, Rob.
1: And I responded very abruptly saying, regular time tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Explicit tag for Rob McCarran. Maybe
1: Maybe I'll edit that out. Um, OK, we'll see. But yeah, I was not going to because first of all, we have still what is it? Six, seven weeks until Royal Rumble. I did it's not- got to
0: be a nothing show, you know. Oh, that, yeah.
1: Right? I, this is Smackdown. That's going to be nothing important is going to happen on the show. And they're calling it Super Smackdown Live when the biggest stars advertised for the show are Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. You know why it's called Super? It's super easy to skip it. It's going to be very easy to skip. I mean, you can watch main event. If you are a SmackDown viewer, watch SmackDown. You don't have to do it tonight. You can watch it on Friday because it's still going to be on the Sci-Fi Network. So you can watch it at the regular time at your convenience.
0: But Rob, it's WWE week on the USA Network in the dead of the holidays. Yep. (laughs) Yep. What, Tribute to the Troops? Is that tomorrow? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Tribute to the Troops tomorrow. So you can go watch uh, that. (laughs) There's just a lot of stuff on but (laughs) You said that with such disdain.
0: You can go watch that
1: before we get into all the wwe talk because today on the show we are going to talk about tlc and raw the big news that's happening we're going to go into what we think is going to happen at the royal rumble although uh we had only three weeks we we literally had half the time to build up the tlc and we still had no idea what was going to go on so who's to say what's going to happen at royal rumble we're going to talk about all that wwe stuff we're going to get into our review of number 96 on the top 100 matches to see before you die from wwe.com we're going to get into charlotte and natalia later on in the show as well as the added perspective of comparing it to charlotte and sasha banks from nxt takeover on thursday but before we do any of that wwe talk on friday jeff uh, Mm. you the los angeles native went to rosita california to watch pwg black Hole Sun.
0: We're starting with PWG, are we? Okay. We're just going
1: to talk about your live experience of that show. We don't have to go too in-depth to it.
0: Well, well, it's interesting um, because this ties into two conversations we've had, one on-air, one off. Mm-hmm. Um, you at the NXT uh, tapings yeah, took issue with the crowd there. I did. Only on the
1: second tapings. The first tapings was perfect.
0: Okay. It, 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 PWG, for those who don't know is, is takes place their Their usual venue is an American Legion hall in Reseda, California packed to the gills. And it was, and it was a great, great show. And it's a, it's, I I've, I've compared it before to when your parents told you, you could eat ice cream for, for dinner. If you wanted to for every meal, when you were grown up, it's like trying to eat ice cream for every meal. It's a lot. And it's a lot that they pack in. And a lot of it is very, very good. The, 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 It's odd because the crowd is both great and it it can grate at you at times. Um, It's a very intimate venue because you're you're pushed up almost right to the mat. Um, The front row can actually get up and slap the mat during various spots. Uh, The crowd's very smart. They're very hip. They know when to chant. They know what to chant. They do a lot of great chants. And then in between your chants, you have a lot of guys who are trying to be part of the show from the audience, which can be very, very good or it can get on your nerves from time to time because it's just like, you know, you're not part of the show, guy. Let them go. Um, and a, uh, but for the show itself, uh, a very, very fun show. Uh, a few twists and turns from what was expected, which is I'll always say. nice. Um, am am I giving spoilers here or no?
1: You can do whatever you want. Well, it was interesting because, uh, PWG, they released these teaser videos uh, to sell the DVDs. And normally they don't include spoilers. They show like all the big moves and they show what you're going to see when you buy the DVD. Well, you kind of, in their preview video for black coal sun, they kind of had to spoil it because they showed what happened after the originally advertised title match and they actually show some pinfalls all the way through so there's i mean the show happened all right Mm -hmm. okay you're you're buying the dvd not to see who won and lost but to see the action in the the middle of the show okay yeah so
0: i'll feel free free to give spoilers absolutely
1: if you if you do want if you want to avoid spoilers skip ahead maybe the next two minutes
0: Yes, Rob will timestamp our talk. I will, so, yes. Because he's very good about such As things. You... He's, he's actually one of the best podcasters about doing such things, which I quite enjoy. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I don't enjoy much else about you, but I okay. enjoy that. That's, no. <laughs> that's why we're
1: still doing this show,
0: Jeff. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> I haven't been fired yet. Uh, Yes, we were kind of given a bit of a swerve. We were told uh, yeah, were. after the first match that... Uh, Roderick Strong was not able to get in due to inclement weather, which is very believable because we had had torrential rains uh, the past couple days. Uh, So Bobby Fish was uh, inserted into the six man with uh, Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor against ACH, uh, Rich Swan and A.R. Fox. And then uh, later in the match, after the Kyle O'Reilly-Ricochet main event, which was a very fun, fun main event, uh, Roddy Strong came out and beat up on Kyle O'Reilly. And de- and Roddy Strong, being the number one contender for the PWG title, uh, demanded a match right then and there. And Kyle O'Reilly said, okay, but only if it's a guerrilla warfare match. So we got tables and chairs and lots of them um, in in this match. A very hardcore match in a very crowded American Legion Hall Uh a lot, a lot, lot, lot of fun. Um, there's nothing more fun than watching Shayna Baszler, uh, the queen of spades of the horsewomen, watch professional wrestling. That in itself is a show. Um, and watch, who is sitting there uh, in the front row alongside them? Uh, John Morrison, who I talked to a bit. Um, Couldn't book him on the show, though. I could if I wanted to. Oh, yeah? But you don't want to? I don't think he... I think he's a bit shy about doing podcasts. He did the Curtain Jerks one. We talked a bit about comedy and improv because I kind of know him. Yeah. Uh, And he also did a film for a friend of mine, but we talked. And then Big Zeke was there. And uh, a couple of the cast members of True Blood were in the audience. And uh, the Horsewomen minus Ronda Rousey and probably a few other people that were incognito that I didn't recognize. But uh, no, it was a fun match. Uh, The Matt Sidell, Chris Saban versus the Young Bucks match. Uh, is, is phenomenal to me. I loved every moment of that, uh, world's cutest tag team, which is Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae against, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Chris Daniels. I love watching Chris Daniels do everything that Chris Daniels does. Right. Um, it, it's a, li- it's a little of the, on the sports entertainment side, but, uh, it's, it's it, that was a lot of fun, a lot of crowd in, back and forth between, uh, Kazarian and Daniels in the audience in that one. Um and then the uh the 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 four-way between Uha Nation, Brian Cage, Tommaso Ciampa, and Biff Busick. That's a lot of beef flying around that ring doing a lot of what the small guys do. Um, which is both also the blessing and curse of PWG, is there's a lot of to quote Brian Cage's ta- chant get your shit in. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were talking about this, about indie guys and how they have to do this on the indies. And then once they get to WWE, it's kind of a, it's a different thing because these guys are doing, these are some jacked up dudes doing like moonsaults and flips for transition moves, which in a major promotion would usually be finishers. I mean, like if you watch the untitled two DVDs, um, Brian Cage almost breaks his neck doing a moonsault. Yeah. As, as a trans, as a, yeah, as a transition spot, yeah. and it's ridiculous. And you you were saying that basically they have to do this to get over mm-hmm. on the indies, in the indies. For sure. yeah, because it's it's a bunch of uh, uh, you know, it's a bunch of jaded fans who you know smarky fans who know everything, so they kind of have to do that. And then it's like, wow, well, no wonder it's kind of a rude awakening when they get to developmental and they're told to punch and kick.
1: it's kind of like i compare to the ascension you know uh you know the ascension get a lot of knocks because they do you know rest holds they do the headlocks they do the slow plotting big men moves well that's what slow plotting big men do they wear people down they're not hitting flashy maneuvers maneuvers if you will and they get you know hit on a lot because of that but if they were on the indies god knows how they would do on the indies but um yeah it, it's kind of like that. You're, it's a whole different ball game going uh being a Brian Cage on the indie circuit versus a Brian Cage in like NXT if he were to ever go there, you would see mm-hmm. a much different person.
0: Yeah, and you know, it still shocks me that jacked up Brian Cage hasn't been called back in. I know TNA called him for uh whatever their uh oh their uh what are their tryout matches called? Forgot what those called, but he was called in for that.
1: I I I think he debuted uh, Wednesday on Lucha Underground, too. Yes,
0: he does. Yeah, He does. He's been doing that. I think that's why Morrison and uh, and Zeke were there to kind of watch. But uh, I really enjoyed the uh, Trevor Lee versus Chris Hero match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just two dudes wailing on one another. And uh, Trevor Lee has a storyline in PWG where he's beating former ROH champs. He beat Steen. He beat Cole. Um, and now he beat Chris Hero, which uh, he's fantastic uh, watching him. Uh, He needs to, in my opinion, it was funny because me and another guy were talking, he needs to change up his look a little. He's getting that kind of Brody brawler type of look. Mm -hmm. They call him the Carolina caveman. He needs like fringe or something (laughs) on those boots of his to make the flying more impressive and maybe a little bit of bulk up top. But uh, no, he's very impressive and he's only 20. And, I, uh, oh,
1: really? He's only, I didn't even actually know he's that. Very,
0: he's very, very young. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I believe Chuck, I, I was watching DVD of Untiled 2, and I, I believe that's what Chuck Taylor said. He was 20, but he also has like a bad twang there bearing him on commentary of that. And uh, also on this match, Adam Cole announced he was having surgery, mm-hmm. and he'd be gone for a while. But uh, as it turns out, it may not be because of the surgery that he might be gone, because rumor from talking to some of the wrestlers is that uh, Elgin... Uh, O'Reilly Cole and fish have been pulled by ROH, yep. uh, until then. But you know what? It It's bad for PWG, but they suffer losses all the time and they get these great guys coming in. It just opens up spots. I mean, you know, you, they've had generico, they've had Danielson, they've had punk, they've had Samoa Joe, they've had tons of guys there that have been great. And. You get these younger guys in there that prove to be great and love working in front of that crowd. Those wrestlers love working in front of that PWG crowd. They love it, and they feed off of it, and you know, and the crowd loves them back, and that's what's great about it. It really is a special atmosphere to go watch a show. There are a few minor annoyances here and there because you have a lot of comics in the audience, to be honest with you. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic venue to go watch a show. It's a bit cramped. You know, you get to drink some watered-down beer by the pitcher and uh, and watch some really, really high-quality, professional, independent wrestling.
1: And you went to PWG on Friday. Yes. Sounds like a great fun show, a good fun time. As I mentioned, <laughs> As I mentioned, I thought about going to that, but I didn't go to that show. Nope, this no. weekend I went to WWE TLC.
0: <laughs> and, and please tell me about your experience there.
1: I did not have the same experience. Well, <laughs> except for the fact that there are annoying fans in the crowd. Sometimes it's about the only similarity yeah, I could they're say
0: annoying for a different reason.
1: Well, what was crazy is TLC happens on Sunday and I'm there. And I think the show's going by. All right. I mean, obviously the Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler match was uh fantastic live. Uh, it was a little bit of a spot show, um, but not like we would see in the uh, TLC main event, Um, but the middle of the show is getting a lot of heat as far as being boring or plotting or, you know, uh, I think people are bashing the John Cena, Seth Rollins match a little bit more. You know, the crowd live in Cleveland was enjoying themselves during most of the pay-per-view.
0: Okay. They, I think they, they, they tampered down the mics. That's what I,
1: I haven't gone back and watched, uh, the pay-per-view version of TLC yet, but for everything, maybe not the, uh, uh, what was it? The. Uh, Big Show and Rowan match. I think that was a match where the crowd didn't really care about anything that was going on. Kane Ryback? Kane Ryback was okay. Uh, You know, there were Goldberg chants here and there, but they were pretty light. Um,
0: See, because we got... I think that's where we got the Punk chant, and we also got uh, the NXT chant, I think, at that time. Or maybe I'm mixing that up with Raw. That was Raw. That was Raw. Okay. Yes, we definitely got a loud
1: NXT chant during Raw.
0: Yeah, we got a Punk chant during the Kane. Yeah. Yeah. back, But I mean, as far as a live show, I would put it as an
1: average show, but then after the fact or during the show on Twitter, I'm reading a lot of comments about how this is one of the worst shows of the year and how this is just a, you know, could go down as one of the worst pay-per-views in several years. And I'm thinking I'm live sitting here through it. And, you know, there was, there was one really good match. There was one well above average match. And that was the TLC main event. I thought Seth Rollins and John Cena was entertaining I mean, they weren't going out there to have this all-out you know, crazy match because it was on the middle of the show, and the story for that match was Roman Reigns coming back and John Cena keeping his number one contendership. Um, I do agree with a lot of the comments from those that after the show was over, and especially live, because I was talking about this with, uh, I went with several buddies to the show, and we're all sitting up there, and after the TLC main event, when Dean Ambrose loses, especially in that fashion... None of us could figure out why the John Cena match did not go on last.
0: That was a bit odd. I had an odd experience watching TLC myself. I, I didn't enjoy the show, but, you know, I did find the middle parts kind of plotting in there, but it's odd because, and I had that period in the mid nineties being in my twenties where I loved FMW mm-hmm. And I loved ECW and what Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge and Sabu were doing and all those hardcore matches and stuff. I was physically uncomfortable watching the Luke Harper versus Dolph Ziggler match. Yeah. Because in PWG, at least the, the guerrilla warfare match, it came, the number one contender wanted to take the title from the guy. It meant something. It was, it was a feud that had been building for a while. This seemed like guys killing themselves for stuff that didn't matter. And Luke Harper, I don't know. Did you watch it? Watch it on TV
1: yet. I haven't watched the TV version, just saw what was live, but I can definitely agree with the uncomfortableness of some of the spots, especially there was a spot where Dolph Ziggler was going from the top of the ladder, getting knocked down by Luke Harper and his legs got caught in the ropes. Yes. And everyone around me was doing their, you know, Oh my God, you know, what was, what was going on? There were, there was a I'm, lot. Not a,
0: I'm not a prude by any means no. I love a good violent match if there's sure. leg, if it feels like it's legitimate heat and there's a legitimate feud in there right there, there is a suicide dive that Luke Harper does on the outside yep, to too. the ladder mm-hmm. where I and and I guess everybody else I tried not to you know I try not to read or hear a lot of reviews because I I, I feel it seeps into my own thinking right and that'll happen. I was sure Luke Harper had broken his arm because the way he landed, he had jammed his arm in between and he and just landed weird. Mm-hmm. And I and I just went, my God, <laughs> you yeah. know, I have I now have a problem with the money in the bank match, too, because it's guys taking these big falls onto heavy metal ladders and they don't really really doesn't mean all that much. Sure. In terms of in the match story, because, you know, you're going to get the briefcase and a chance at it, but these guys don't have feuds with one another necessarily. They're just doing a match. And I kind of think, man, what is it? it it's a pay-per-view that means nothing except for the main event, because the stories weren't even built. And and my, and it's funny because there was a lull there for those middle matches, because, you know, I, just, I thought... <laughs> You know, I cringed at the Big Show, Rowan match, especially that spot where Show didn't move in time, off the stairs. Oh, and the sta- yeah, and he got caught. Right, and I'm just like, oh man, that hurts. And it was a dumb match, and the finish was dumb, especially against a guy who's being billed as smarter than everybody else. Um, the the Kane, Ryback match was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just there, but I mean, I'm
1: glad I, you know Rybot got the win. I was surprised that Rowan didn't beat Big Show, but that's but one now of those, it makes sense, doesn't it? It, it makes sense. Big Show was going to be the one to come in with uh, Roman Reigns here, um, right?
0: I and mean, they had to keep him strong, but you know what? They could have they could have still had Rowan win and have Big Show come down because nobody cares about Big Show. Nobody cares if Big Show's strong or not. They just know he's big, right? So, I mean, let him, because he's going to get destroyed by Roman Reigns now anyways, and people still aren't going to care. He mm-hmm. was, he could have been sacrificial if you had thought Rowan was going to be something, but they gave him these dumb gimmicks anyways. And then we got to the Ambrose-Wyatt match.
1: We did. We <laughs> and, indeed did.
0: And th- those two guys are killing each killing themselves for nothing. <laughs> Literally Nothing. This is Um,
1: it it was going to be a TLC match with that finish and the TV exploding, you know, because Dean Ambers is too dumb to either unplug it or use something else or just finish the match there. Like this was an unnecessary shot with the TV he was going to take Um, that that's a TLC match that no one's going to remember a month from
0: now. No, no one's going to remember it all because it didn't mean anything. And the buildup meant nothing. There was no legitimate heat there. There There's no reason for him to be trying to kill Bray White as he did necessarily, except for the. You know, the magic tr- <laughs> trachea that that I,
1: regenerated one year from now, we're going to be wondering like, what was the main event of last year's TLC? And people are going to really struggle to think what it was.
0: We're becoming desensitized to this stuff. Cause well, if you remember, like I remember, um, well, I'll get back to that. There was a, there was a funny spot. My, my favorite thing about that match was Dean. When he sees the ladders on the monitor, goes to the back And he grabs the second biggest one. And a guy goes, grab the biggest one. He goes, I can't carry that. (laughs) Being in
1: the live crowd during that, because he's looking towards the monitor. And I think half of the arena thought he might go and like leap onto the monitor or something like that, like the Titan Tron.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
1: Most people, other people thought he was going for the big ladder. He gets to the really large ladder, but not quite the biggest one. And the crowd starts booing like crazy. And Dean Ambrose (laughs) is saying, I can't carry that, whatever, whatever. And he carries this large ladder. I'm like, what do you people want? This ladder is still way too freakishly big. The other ladder probably weighs more than Dean Ambrose. I mean, calm down, everybody. But he was doing the succession ladder spots where he would climb up to a ladder, do the elbow drop, climb up to a bigger one, do the elbow drop, climb up to a bigger one, do the elbow drop, and then finally on the table. Uh, That was pretty cool how he built up to that. like He kept going bigger and bigger until Bray was dead. But that's where you should end the match. I mean, I know you don't want to have Dean winning, obviously, because they didn't have him win. But if you're going to do that story, then he's got to win after that last ladder spot. I agree. He's got to win at that point. Or don't do that match. Or don't do that story in within the match. If you're going to have Bray Wyatt win, do something else within that. But at the I, same I, time, as that story was going on, part of me is thinking, like, he's just doing ladder spot, breathe, ladder spot, breathe. And there's not enough back and forth. And there's not enough you know, reason for all this to happen. Right. Uh, the whole match just, it was just a spot fest with no story building up to what actually happened at the end.
0: Yeah. And my big fear is that it's not going to be the exploding monitor. It's going to be Bray magically made the monitor explode. <laughs> yeah, you know you can that. see that. You can see that happening. Can't you?
1: I can see it happening. Yeah. Cause I don't know what to see anymore. And, and as this match was going on, I'm telling You know, my buddies are talking about this match and, you know, going at it. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know. I have a, I have a bad feeling Bray's going to get the win in this match. And that that's what actually happened. We had talked going into TLC that this was the time for Dean Ambrose to win because Dean Ambrose now ends 2014, not winning a singles pay-per-view match. He lost them all. He either lost them or they ended up being forfeits. This is crazy to me. And I guess you can make the same argument with Bray Wyatt because if Bray Wyatt is actually going to get the Undertaker at WrestleMania 31, then you can keep him strong for the same reason why you're keeping Big Show strong for Roman Reigns. But at the same time, the Undertaker is this entity that he can take opponents who aren't necessarily strong going in and still have that Undertaker match. I I don't know why you have to have Bray Wyatt winning in December to set up a match in late March.
0: I am going to have an unpopular opinion here. I want to get rid of this pay-per-view. TLC? I want to get rid of it and and just... You can have these matches, but they should be stipulations for actual built feuds.
1: Yeah, I think that's been a long-running argument, too, with Hell in a Cell and some of these different pay-per-views. And, and I agree with the TLC aspect because TLC meant nothing because of all the junk
0: you did for the two and a half hours before it. And, and not just that. I'm... Like you remember two years ago TLC, the match with uh the Shield versus versus Team Hell No and Ryback? Um well that was last year. Was that last year or was it two years ago?
1: That was oh was it two Yeah, that might have been two years ago, right after the Shield's debut.
0: Do you remember yeah, that spot yeah. that Rollins took through the two tables when Ryback threw him off the ladder and he crashed his head yes. against the I, back of the table? That's
1: the one thing in the match I remember, yes. I, I,
0: I, I I love I love me some Seth Rollins. Yes, but he is the heel Dolph Ziggler. He is he is he is taking far too many huge bumps uh-huh. for what's going to be nothing. I right. think. I mean, he's strong now. I I love the the character, and we'll get into this when we get into Raw. Because I think there's a few tweaks they do need to make with him. Uh, but you know, even even in the Cena match, you know he's he's the guy. Getting flung around like a rag doll, right yeah and I, and and this this is just going to this is just going to shorten his career <laughs> i I like that
1: uh I did enjoy the Cena Rollins tables match live for what it was. I can understand there's probably a much different perspective from the TV viewers, but I liked it enough live, I think most people did. I got a lot of tweets saying that the crowd was quiet during that match, and I really didn't think they were. I think during some quiet spots, it was just them anticipating what would come next. Mm-hmm. and then uh you know watching the match intently i thought there was actually a loud reaction both anti and pro john cena i thought they were into it just fine uh especially when it wasn't the main event they kind of in a way they kind of treated it like it was uh not the main event even though it was a john cena match but it all in all with tlc the problem with that is it's going to be a forgettable show yes and you should not have a pay-per-view like that be forgettable
0: a pay-per-view full of sound and fury signifying nothing
1: right yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> have that happening you just shouldn't but uh they did they they did that they made a tlc pay-per-view forgettable um and i i said in my write-up uh at wrestlingobserver.com for raw last night uh raw in a lot of ways was a better show than tlc in my opinion just because of some of the guys that we had on that show um, mm-hmm. i may have enjoyed raw a little bit more than most but we'll get into this raw we had the uh not only was Chris Jericho returning to be the GM, but Roman Reigns uh, fresh off his return at TLC was coming back to start his little get up with the big show, which I don't necessarily think is going to be a pay-per-view program, uh, just something for both of those guys to do before the Royal rumble. And we also had the return of Brock Lesnar to uh, set up the main event at Royal rumble, Brock and John Cena three.
0: What were your overall impressions from raw this week? With the exception of the opening promo, uh, the main event stuff was phenomenal. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Everything else didn't matter, and uh, it felt like filler. Okay. Like I love the Brock stuff because you can feel that it matters. Yes. And you can feel that you know all those feuds are. And I and Paul Heyman, if he hasn't solidified best non-wrestler on your ballot, should have solidified it with this show. Mm. I'm sorry, you're wrong. I
1: thought Stephanie uh, <laughs> was better on that on this week's show.
0: Oh really? Did you?
1: Yeah, I, I I just imagine that she's there in certain segments, and I think what she would have done, and it's awesome.
0: Stephanie has not had a line as clever as "put the Jew in Jujitsu." Really? All year. Are you really line as clever?
1: It's very clever. Is it? I've heard that yes. line, and I've said that line, and I've thought that line for many many years. And Paul Heyman, just because he says it on WWE Raw, is all of a sudden the clever one. It
0: was the time. I'm not saying I'm clever. It was the timing of the F. line. Your, your Stephanie bias is showing through. I don't know about that. Well, but you the viewership
1: up. is showing through because no one's watching the show anymore. Ever since Stephanie left TV, she's the biggest oh. draw in WWE there. said it they made <laughs> truth. <laughs> Top that line.
0: They, they're they probably tuning out because they know that Stephanie's only going to book for herself. So she'll put herself in the main event thing and they'll know it. Well, they're not going to care about anything else unless she's on TV. Is it going to hurt you Jeff
1: that in your lifetime Stephanie McMahon may enter the wrestling observer hall of fame before Sting? Oh, Cuz I think she has a pretty good shot. Who who has she ever built and how has she ever drawn? Um well she's drawing this year. She she's built not. she built Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. Stop. No. Maybe that'll be a show for next year. It's the you, Stephanie McMahon debate. You are a fool. Um I forgot something um, from TLC. You you okay. brought it up the pick the pickums that we did going yes. into NXT Takeover and TLC. Uh, you won NXT Takeover.
0: I wanted to bury it heavily before we got into it, but uh, no, actually, I forgot something on Takeover too. I forgot to mention how great that just that little vignette. With the screen and screen of Sami Zayn sitting in the locker room while his oh, interview's yeah. playing. And that look over at Steen was... That oh, was yeah. The whole great. show
1: storyline, building up those two, was amazing. Um, Holy
0: crap, you can build mid-card feuds, kids. You can. Do that in WWE instead of these stupid things we're getting now.
1: You can build... Feuds across the card, bottom, mid, and on the top of the card. I'll,
0: I'll give you an example because this is eating at me and we're going to go back into Raw, right? Are we done with it? Oh,
1: we're we're going to go back into Raw just for a little bit, yeah.
0: Okay, because here's we're my example. We're all over the place today. That's fine. No, that's fine. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, go just for it. stream of consciousness. Um, so the Ryback Rusev feud is built on what? Ryback's music playing and him just coming down and staring at him?
1: Uh, well, it's built on the Ryback wanting to prove that he's the top guy and he sees this Rusev. We're talking about Ryback and Rusev, right?
0: Yeah, you can make something. You can make (laughs) something. See, that's how forgettable it is. You can make um, something and then then have that feud. Something, anything. Uh Uh-huh. It's just ridiculous. And, you know,
1: (laughs) I don't know if that's the best example, because, I mean, I know
2: it kind of seems like they just started it. it. It's a recent
0: example. You see, you start feuds, but feuds start at a beginning. They have to have a start. And you're telling me in a Vince McMahon podcast, I don't want to see two guys feuding with no reason. Mm -hmm. Well, if your reason is, well, I just wanted his music to play to get a pop and we're just going to stick these two in a storyline together. I want the story. I
1: think the story is, again, now whether the announcers could say that or not should probably be an issue, Uh, but the Ryback is this big, tough guy who ever since his return has been uh, not necessarily unstoppable, but he's been on the top of the shows, and he sees Rusev, who really climbed to the top of the ladder while the Ryback was gone and injured. He sees this guy who can't be beat, and Rusev, uh, and the Ryback wants to
0: beat him. No, you're reading into that. That's stuff you made up in your head. Well,
1: I know I made it up in my head, but that should be the story. Now, obviously, yes, you're right. They have not said that or they have not made that clear or done anything with it yet. But that to me is a feud that isn't necessarily starting from nowhere.
0: No, but it's an example. That's all I wanted to give right, all right. now. All right. Now um, you're going to go back to your Pickums. Well, I wasn't
1: necessarily going to go back to my Pickums per se because I did we uh we effectively tied over the two shows, because you won, you were uh, one above me on Takeover, and I was one above you picking the Ziggler win correctly at mm-hmm. TLC. But it was really during the main event, Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt, where I'm thinking, why do we do these pickums? Why have I started this pickums when it doesn't matter what we pick? There's always going to be a match that just goes the opposite way for arbitrary reasons. Like they wanted to fool someone or they you know, they thought one match was so obvious that they just had to put the other one as the winner. I mean, why is Bray Wyatt, and I know there's arguments out there for it, but why is Bray Wyatt beating Dean Ambrose on this show? To keep, no...
0: strong, to keep him strong for The Undertaker. That's the only reason. So,
1: so what's the point of us doing these pick When we pick these matches, we try to predict what's going to happen. We're, we're more so predicting what should happen versus what will happen. I to, guess if we if we did the pick for what will happen, who knows what would what would be the end result. We may get everyone correctly just based on WWE logic and how we interpret that.
0: I thought we were picking them to feed your very needy ego because you wanted the win but you never seem to win. I never seem to win.
1: <laughs> I never win because here I am picking Dean Ambrose to win when I think it's a pretty predictable result, not in a bad way, but what should happen here I am predicting the VOD villains because you know the Lucha Dragons have have gotten so over, and all because their f- all their future opponents are baby faces in the tag team division, unless they're going to get Wesley Br- Blake in there
0: and Buddy Murphy or whatever his name is. I I just I don't. I knew. Let me put it this way: I knew my pick of Sasha Banks winning the title was wrong when there was such a blowback from the Charlotte Raw episode. Yeah, I knew it at that time, but it's like, well, I'll just keep it.
1: <laughs> and Charlotte, I just don't, I don't know. I, luckily we have uh, six weeks before the next pay-per-view and we can decide, I guess, uh, mutually, if we want to keep doing these pick-ems. Cause at, at some point, what's the point?
0: Roman Reigns is winning the rumble. Ruse- Rusev's doing the big man spot where he gets multiple eliminations. They'll yeah. probably have an NXT guy who flies around either Zayn or Neville to do a few impressive spots. Kofi will do something cool. hmm Um, there'll be a couple surprises. One of whom will be Booker T one of whom will probably be Shelton Benjamin. Everybody will wonder if Morrison's going to finally make a comeback. You know, it'll be the usual, it'll be the same thing as usual. It'll be the same thing. And, and Phil, I I predict Philly's going to crap on the ending when Reigns throws out Ambrose probably as the last guy to go to WrestleMania and then, and then they'll start chanting CM Punk because Reigns will be in the main event of WrestleMania when it should be punk in their minds.
1: Well, it's interesting because they will be in Philadelphia. The crowd, both in Cleveland Live and also in Detroit on TV, had pretty good reactions for Roman Reigns. Not so much Detroit uh, because they they had the good initial reaction for Roman Reigns, but um, it was a little bit more tepid. I don't know if that's going to be a situation where later on as the weeks go by and Roman Reigns is a big fixture on TV again, if people will give some blowback to him. I don't
0: think I don't think the masses will get blowback. Don't get me wrong. I don't think in Philly that that's going to be a huge condition. I think it's going to be a vocal contingent, and I think they're going to pot down the mics again to hide it.
1: I'm just so I'm a little surprised just how well they're reacting to him. It's a good thing, you know. You want new stars to come up there, and you want people to be invested in certain guys. But I'm a little surprised at the same time how much of a reaction he's getting.
0: I'm not. It's conditioning. It, it's yeah. pure conditioning. They're, they're telling you this guy is important. They're putting him on every show, even if they have to shoehorn him in there. Right. And even if his promos suck. But at the
1: same time, how conditioned has the audience been if for the first six months he was still in a group with two other people and has only had one big singles match and was off TV effectively for the last two months?
0: They gave him, they gave him a big rub at the Rumble. Yeah. And and they just continued it. They've all, they just book him strong. That's all they that have to do. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Uh they're building up Brock and John Cena as the final chapter. Believe that.
1: <laughs> Brock and Cena the last match ever between these two. Uh-huh. As the main event of the Royal Rumble, probably will go on last. Uh-huh. Brock and John Cena. Any doubt that Brock Lesnar wins? could this be the john cena victory?
0: wrestlemania plans just get shuffled along. i'm i still have in my head that cena wins and rollins cashes in.
1: maybe do roman reigns and rollins at wrestlemania and brock for something else?
0: no, i i you know i think this is a toe in the water. this is the toe in the water rollins title push in between but I don't know. I mean, it depends. It, I don't know Brock's contract status. I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know if he's is he signed through WrestleMania. He's going to be on WrestleMania, yes. And then they're not going to take the belt off of him, probably. I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't think so. But you're I doing a third although, match with Cena. It's so weird. Although
0: I could, I could totally see this. I could totally see Brock versus Cena. Yeah. Cena wins. Rollins cashes in. Brock cashes in his rematch clause against Rollins and wins. Well, that would just be, that would just be
1: shot in the title just to do it. Yeah. Which is what WWE does. So I guess you couldn't, uh, couldn't say it won't happen.
0: No, I I mean, they they do that with their money in the bank guys. They hotshot the title on them for a month to see if, see if they can get over and then politics and people bury them and they give it back to Cena Orton or another big guy.
1: Uh, there's, we didn't have the return of Randy Orton at TLC. We didn't have it this week on raw. We have the rest of December to fill rumble. I, I got to figure that they're holding it off to the rumble. I mean, does it make sense to bring Randy Orton back before the rumble now? No,
0: because it would take off the shine off of Reigns. right?
1: Yeah. So bring him back during the rumble. That'll, that'll get a, a pretty good reaction. You can start whatever WrestleMania program he's going to have there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Probably. I mean, that's where I would see Randy Orton going is I see him getting into a, uh, a rivalry with Seth Rollins for WrestleMania. Yeah. I think that's, that's
0: the WrestleMania match.
1: So you do you do the start for Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. You do uh, Brock Lesnar winning his match against John Cena, and you do the Roman Reigns win of the Royal Rumble. So there's a lot of clear directions where you could go. I guess the one that's unclear right now is what you do with
0: John Cena. Let me let me ask. Something. Unless it's going to be Rusev, but go ahead. I think it's going to be Rusev. Yeah. Uh, is Brock having the title at WrestleMania important to get over Reigns? Um.
1: I think it helps because you have that big moment that you can show for years to come with with, uh, Roman Reigns holding the championship belt at the end of WrestleMania instead of just saying that he beat Brock Lesnar.
0: Because I could see them putting the belt on Rollins or Orton to win at WrestleMania and then just kind of skirting the issue of Brock losing the title to Cena because it doesn't matter because Cena doesn't have the belt. And and making the streak the important thing that I'm the guy who beat the streak, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one, and having that be the quote-unquote title that Reigns goes to. But then again, that's not the main event of the Royal Rumble, so I am just put out a stupid question. Never mind. <laughs> I was just going to let you go with it. Uh, I'm overthinking things. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to give, if you're going to do Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, if you're going to make this WrestleMania, the big Roman Reigns WrestleMania, then have him win the title.
0: It has to be the coronation kind of like Daniel Bryan,
1: right? There's, there's another one, Daniel Bryan. If he's actually able to come back post Royal Rumble, um, there's a guy that I could see getting put in there with Rusev to be the guy to beat him,
2: Mm, but only,
1: only
0: if he comes back. I see him in a match with Kane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Kane is the guy that put him out. Get that or big Sheamus. WrestleMania Daniel Bryan uh, Kane match. Yeah. Um, anything else from, really from Raw we have to get into before we uh, get into good wrestling with Charlotte, Natalia, and Sasha Banks?
0: Yes. What? Uh, Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah, Seth Rollins. Who was he great, is good.
0: Who was great on this show in terms of even just reacting to Brock when Brock came in yeah. to the cage. They need to drop the part of his character um, that is hammering home that we need the authority back. I,
1: I wonder if what they did at the end of the cage match with
0: Paul Heyman was kind of the settling of that. I wouldn't mind if it wasn't. If you want to make the authority still minor characters on this show, have you know a vignette where Noble's talking to him on a phone and hangs up and then you go into whatever vignette you're going to tape, make it back off that bit because it's overshadowing Rollins and his character right now. It's almost like uh, the best I can put it is maybe the WrestleMania 2000 build Mm -hmm. where it was all about the McMahons instead of the four guys you had in that match. Seth Rollins is still about the authority when he should be about Seth Rollins and building up the Seth Rollins character. You can still allude to the authority, but hammering it home makes him look like just a stooge of the authority. Still, yeah, I, I'll give
1: it a couple of weeks to see what they do because they had that handshake with Paul, and the whole commentary team was questioning what that meant. So I have to figure there's going to be a story next week with. I
0: don't. I I thought it was just it was just a deal for the show to set up John Cena. Well, it very that, well could be that too. That's how I viewed it. Oh sure. And I, by the way, no noble and. Uh, Mercury are phenomenal. They were good on the show. They are so good. But yeah, just make them, okay, those two, the Stooges are in contact with the Authority because they're the Authority Stooges. Mm -hmm. And then you have Rollins cutting main event heel promos on guys. That's all it takes to make this guy a star and they're they have the training wheels on him. And I don't want the training wheels on him. I want him to be a guy. It's kind of like, Otherwise, he's just going to be the heel Dolph Ziggler, and I don't want that.
1: Um, before we get into Charlotte and Natalia, uh, mm-hmm. WWE-related news, uh, of course, Alberto Del Rio, now Alberto is it, is Al this Patron. Is this
0: breaking news? Do we have the bed for that yet?
1: No, I don't. I got. <sighs> I forgot again. It's not breaking news necessarily, though, but Alberto Del Rio is going to be in ROH this January and probably furthermore. Um that's an interesting match. And uh, he is going to wrestle on January 3rd against Christopher Daniels. Ooh. <laughs> I, I can't remember if we talked about this or if I was talking about this with uh, the group of people I went to TLC with. But we thought that Christopher Daniels was actually the perfect, not necessarily first, but one of the perfect opponents for Alberto Del Rio and ROH. And yeah, that's going to happen at their TV tapings January 3rd, making January 3rd an even bigger wrestling day. In the uh, in the world with that being the same day as the new Japan pro wrestling card or at least that night for the US. Uh, but yeah, Chris- Al- Alberto Del Rio and Christopher Daniels, a match that I would be interested in seeing.
0: Daniels is a great opponent for an- anybody. That's true. He's, he's just That's he's true. just he's just great. That I, is true. He's so undervalued in the history of professional wrestling, in my opinion. And that might be one of the next pro wrestling shows because I'm thinking, what's the next wrestling
1: show I'm going to go to? And. There's not a WWE show I'm going to go to in a while. Uh, It's not like here in Indiana. We have a ton of local indies or anything like that. Uh, But January 3rd, Ring of Honor is going to be in Dayton, Ohio, which is about two and a half hours away from where I am. The world's most boring city, Dayton, Ohio. It it is that. That is true. Uh, But Alberto Del Rio is going to be on that show. And no opponent or anything yet, but uh, Alberto El Patron is going to wrestle in front of 500 people in the uh, Montgomery County Fairgrounds in Dayton, Ohio, so that might be the next wrestling show I go to.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, A little ROH action with Alberto Del Rio, probably uh, wrestling someone like ACH or something like that. So I can't see him wrestling Jay Briscoe because he's the AAA no. champion. I don't think they're going to put him in with the ROH champion. And any match he wrestles, especially this early on, he's got to win. Maybe Kazarian. Maybe oh, yeah, they the got bu- to
0: build. They got to build him up.
1: Got to build Alberto Del Rio up as a big star, but that is, uh, that is the news, I guess. And we go into,
0: I'm going to love seeing Briscoe and, and Del Rio cut promos on each other. That would be fun. I think that upstairs downstairs vibe is really going to take off for ROH. Sure. Yeah, that could be,
1: there's a lot of interesting stuff as they build up towards their uh, WrestleMania shows and. You know, although, shows that they have in the future.
0: Although, to be fair, Briscoe's farm makes a lot more money than one thinks.
1: <laughs> okay. uh, So we're doing the top 100 matches to see before you die. This list that WWE.com released of matches that are available on the WWE Network. Yes. We have done the first four. We are now on number 96, which is Charlotte versus Natalia from mm-hmm. NXT TakeOver uh from May 29th i believe it was uh May 29th of this year so hasn't been that long ago and it comes at perfect timing because we just had NXT take over our evolution featuring Charlotte versus Sasha Banks so one thing we talked about doing was kind of doing a comparison of those two uh a review of the of the uh, Natalia match with a comparison of how uh, Charlotte did against Sasha last week at Takeover um so what were your thoughts rewatching the Charlotte and Natalia match from NXT takeover? This is number 96 in the top 100 matches to see Charlotte and Italia from takeover. Jeff, what were your initial thoughts?
0: Uh, <laughs> putting me on the spot. I thought you were going to go first. I, I can
1: go uh, first if you want me to.
0: You, please it's do. Been, it's been please a do. Jeff going first kind of show today. It so has I- been. So please go first while I organize my thought just, Focusing on Charlotte and Natty, because a lot of my thoughts are about comparing the two matches. So, so go I have ahead. my I have my trusty
1: notepad. Oh, do you? Where I wrote down certain thoughts. Um Charlotte and Natalia, first of all, was as good as we remember it being. Mm-hmm. And the crowd reactions, not just because, you know, Bret Hart was their ringside for Natalia, Rick Flair was their ringside for Charlotte. Uh they certainly added to some of the match, but I think this being One of the first really big, important women's matches on WWE TV in a while because the NXT arrival match between Paige and Emma was kind of built as a big deal, but people still saw it as two relatively green newcomer WWE women in the ring, where Charlotte and Natalia brought just this bigger feel to the whole match. So the crowd reactions were off the charts. And this was built up and wrestled in front of a crowd that thought this was the main event of the show in a way. Uh, so that was the first thing you noticed watching this match. Um, the match was excellent. You had, uh, both of them going back and forth with, uh, their submission moves, uh, determining who might win this match. You had Brett cheering on Natalia, Rick cheering on Charlotte. Uh, Rick was out of his mind at ringside during the show. Uh, anytime that Charlotte, when he, uh, she would put in the figure four, he was going crazy when she would do anything of any offense. Rick Flair was out of his mind at ringside. So that was really cool to see, uh, I didn't really remember Natalia kind of acting as this kind of cocky veteran early on, but rewatching it, you know, Natalia early on was playing that role of the cocky veteran who was kind of slapping at Charlotte and doing these moves that you would do when you when you kind of knew you were in the ring with someone who wasn't as good as you are, and then Charlotte spent the entire match proving how good she was and Natalia got a little bit more serious. Uh it was an interesting dynamic that I didn't really remember from that match.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to say we've overvalued this match because we haven't. It's still a very, very good match. It's very good. It's a must-see. I think we overvalue it as a Charlotte match. Uh Uh-huh. This is the, as I like to put, the Dave Meltzering of a match. Uh, He has a very strong spot in his heart for Charlotte, and I agree she could be something special. She's going to be a big deal. She's going to be a big deal. Yeah. She was not in this match. Really, uh, she, she I don't was good. Uh, go that far, she was. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying she was bad in this match. Right, but don't get me wrong. Don't get. Don't. Don't. Don't think that I'm criticizing. Okay, I'll let you go. The, go ahead. The match. Go ahead. A lot of this match was the atmosphere with Brett and Rick, and the commentary, which is phenomenal.
1: Regal was on commentary for this one. He was very good. Yes.
0: A lot of this is natty putting on a nice grappling clinic and Charlotte going along watching the match. There's a lot of great spots in the match with psychology and stuff too, with, with the competitiveness of it. But as to me, it feels for lack of a better term, it feels a bit sanitized. It feels like a Dean Malenko match in a way. The moves are very the, the the map wrestling is very crisp. And once they get to the submissions, that's when the match starts for me quite a bit. You know, the the headlocks and the and the twists and the and you know the slapping in the figure four. Okay. It's a very crisp match. Um but you know, it it's it's a very, very strong match, but I, I, I I might have overvalued it the first time I watched it.
1: I, uh, I mean, Charlotte. This is where you really noticed her intensity because this was her big match debut, if you will, yeah, as the, far as putting a long match on TV uh, in an important spot, and she
0: handled it very well. Her emotion was fine. She didn't do a lot in this match. If you watch it, it was a lot she, of she, Natalia leading the way. She has she has the missed moonsault spot, although note and, that and the figure four spot. and and, which goes out to the ring outside the ring speaking of that missed
1: moonsault because again Mm -hmm. we watched this match and then i watched sasha and charlotte again uh today and the missed moonsault from the from the natalia match i they didn't really play it up because again this was seven six months ago she missed the moonsault against natalia but what happened in the sasha banks match
0: Well, you're, you're actually, you're recalling something else as well within this. Yeah. You're recalling, you're recalling the Charlotte Bailey match. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that one in forever, so I'm not going to really. That's the one where, where Charlotte was doing the moonsault and she hit it, but she basically almost flipped onto her feet. Okay. Well, she, so in this Natalia match, she hit, she goes for the moonsault and she misses
1: and she lands on her stomach. Natalia moved out of the way, big spot kind of uh, blown for her. She didn't get the big move she wanted to hit. Well, in the Sasha Banks match, she goes for the moonsault. She sees that Char- uh, Sasha is moving out of the way, lands on her feet, learning from the Natalia match,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then hits the front moonsault. What uh, the front somersault? What I what I really thought about that spot and as the match in general is the Sasha Banks match happened six months later. With Charlotte going through all her learning, with going through all these matches, she got better. Not just in real life, but in story. She got better. She knew how to handle different moves. Yes, she won the Natalia match, but she was even better against Sasha Banks. And it's an excellent story that didn't just play out over the last couple of weeks of NXT TV. But she's incorporating old spots from old matches into new stuff. So a lot of credit goes out to the agents who are putting these matches together and to the writers. But that was the one thing where it was, you could literally see it in the ring uh, with her, you know, following up from past failures. So I thought right. the story in a lot of ways with the Sasha Banks match uh, was better just because of the time that has passed. Uh, one other thing that I really thought with the Sasha Banks match is when she was wrestling Natalia, I don't think most people went into that match thinking that Natalia would win. Bingo. Yeah. It was a lot of, okay, this is the big match to, you know, step Charlotte up, but Charlotte's going to win.
0: I, I have that on my notes. Going Continue. into the Sasha
1: Banks match. Exactly. I think it was half and half. And I was on the half of uh, people thinking that Sasha would win. So there was a lot more of this uh, realism or this drama built in with, mm-hmm. you didn't know who was going to win. So every near fall and every submission mattered. And I think that added a little bit of the drama to the Charlotte and Sasha Banks match from this past Takeover.
0: To me, they're two different matches that you kind of have to compare with two different standards. If you're yes. a star, if you're a star rating guy, and you like crisp moves and and flawless choreography, uh, the, the 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 Natty match is going to do it for you. Um, to me, I compare it to the Natty match is. A very strong lead guitarist with a bass player who's kind of new to the band. And she's leading her through the tune. The Sasha Banks match it's two guitarists who may not be at virtuoso level yet, but are very, very good. And they're giving and taking. There's a lot more give and take in this match than there was in the Natty Charlotte match. From, from Charlotte and Sasha as opponents, and this has more the feel of a fight to it. There's, there's almost, you know, you can feel kind of the animosity in the moves mm-hmm. that they're doing to one another, and that's what I like in my wrestling. I I don't need it to be crisp moves kind of the paint by numbers WWE style where they're setting up for these different moves. I want to feel like these two people are fighting a little bit. Right. So maybe the moves don't come off as crisp. You know, maybe that maybe that dive to the outside where Sasha's taking a big risk doesn't land as cleanly as you know, say a lucha match does. And 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 the sloppiness for lack of a better term, I don't mean sloppiness, but, there, you know, if, if moves aren't hit crisply, it adds to me that this might be a bit of a fight. It doesn't have to be, you know, botched spot after botched spot, but, you know, a little bit, hey, he didn't get all of this uh, you know, Hurricane Rana or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it adds to that, to me. And that's why I enjoy the Sasha match more. I mean, the the, the promos leading up to it have a lot more heat to it. Um, that's
1: for sure, yes. They the
0: the, the pre The pre-match gesticulations have a lot more heat to it. And the moves that they're doing to one another have a lot more viciousness to them. Like that spot where Sasha gets on, uh, she gets thrown into the turnbuckle yeah. and, and catches uh, Charlotte by legs mm-hmm. and drives her into the middle turnbuckle with her legs. Yeah. That's an awesome, vicious move. That's what I want to see in my wrestling as, as opposed to, you know, an, a, a, an arm bar, for a minute. <laughs> you know. It, it was that, one of those.
1: It, it was like the Natalia match. Was the coming out party for Charlotte. Yes. And then this Sasha Banks match. Was the cementing of her place. In WWE and NXT. Yes. Uh, they were both great. And both for somewhat different reasons. So and, we, I,
0: and I agree with that. My, yeah. my, my thing about the nanny match. was it's To me it's more of a nanny match. Than a Charlotte match really.
1: Sure. We talked about on our post NXT takeover show. On Thursday. is we were asking our call ins. You know, what, which match was better, you know, between these two? And I guess that was probably not a question we should have been asking because it's a hard question to answer. You know, they're both great for different reasons.
0: Yeah, it depends on your standards. And, and for me, I was just <laughs> – my my Sasha Banks bias is coming through on this. It was really just – I wanted to, you know, yeah, it was just as good, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and one thing, because I, I, I was re-watching the match from TakeOver on Thursday with Sasha Banks and Charlotte, and I there weren't that many – like trading of near falls right. um, there. You know, it's not like Sasha banks had these near falls where people thought she might win. Cause she really didn't. They were going no. back and forth with having the advantage in the match, but really there was no clear winner until Charlotte finally hit her, uh, her finisher from the top rope. That's when you knew that, that this match might be over. And in effect it was, there wasn't well, it wasn't a lot of trading it was, near falls.
0: It was a call back to the, to the buildup. up. Yeah. In terms of the pre-show, where uh, you know Sasha thinks she's the crafty veteran mm-hmm. who know who taught Charlotte everything she knows, but not everything I know. Right. And Charlotte's just the better athlete, whatever. And you know it, it was building up to that uh, three three attempted pin spot, where it's like now I can make the pin. And she couldn't get it, and she couldn't get it, and she couldn't get it, and she got frustrated. So now I have to be even more vicious to her. And her viciousness is what basically cost her the match. Because she gets caught um, with the super gourd buster almost off the top rope. And then as she's climbing up, she's too woozy to see the natural selection. Boom, one, two, three. Bottom line is, both of these matches are great. Yes. And you should go watch them.
1: Yes. And you should watch NXT not just because of all the cool indie guys that are coming in but because of the rise of Charlotte she's going to be a big deal
0: you should watch NXT because of their women's division and how strong it is and it's only 60 minutes you don't becky, have to invest a ton of time becky lynch is great she i is. think bailey's character is phenomenal she's a good fit uh, for that
1: show she's the one that i worry most about going up to WWE if that ever happens she's the if, one that i would worry the most about kind of in the same vein that you know we're worried about Emma
0: You know what's funny? I think Bailey is a goldmine for young female fans if they could get the misogyny and whatnot out of whoever's booking that divas division, right? Because instead of making her catty like every other catty and bitchy like every other woman, this is your strong, geeky, underdog girl that female that little girls could get behind. Sure, she's the one who plays nice. She's the one who gives hugs. She's a hero. She could be a. I'm gonna go a bit far. She could be a John Cena-like character for the Divas Division, not in terms of athletic prowess or whatnot, but in terms of that hero that kids look up to. She could be a John Cena
1: for the young generation of females out there.
0: I do. You know, I think so. She. She's that super saiyan character that you know that 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 little girls want to see on on their you know. 'cause girls now, you know, read comics and they they like watching anime and whatnot. She could be that character. Okay.
1: Hey, I'm not going to doubt it. I, I just think we're we're not quite there to where she's going to be brought up anytime soon.
0: No, no. She still and a she's lot still, of time she's for still her. very I mean, they're both It's Sasha's 22, Bailey's yeah. 25, Charlotte's 28. So Charlotte needs to <laughs> get it in gear a bit. In terms of her push, I think.
1: Yes. Uh, on that note, I'm checking. And are, yes. Are, oh, Layla, I, thought, I,
0: thought you, I thought you were uncomfortable no. with that note. I'm sorry. Oh, no.
1: Layla L is 36 years old.
0: Yes. She's the elder states she's woman.
1: Because I was just thinking of that. They had the uh, top 10 stars who have had the longest tenure in WWE. Uh, WWE.com came out with that list. And Layla L is on it. And of course, the regulars like Kane, John Cena. Uh, but yeah, Layla L has been in the company for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought of that, but I did. And
0: she's, and she's great. I like her.
1: All righty. Uh, we are almost out of time, Jeff. Yes. We are going to get, uh, you know what next week's show is going to be? Next week's show is our WWE year-end award show. We're going to hand yes. out some fake non-existent trophies.
0: Almost as good as the slammies, which people should stop carrying the ringside because it makes you look like a geek. Well, it's always
1: like, you know. They give the Slammys out, and there's always one team or one person who makes that part of their gimmick and carries them out to the ring. And the well, Usos they... and Miz and Mizdow have done that. Everyone else who won a slammy, it's just they're never going to mention it again. No, they're no. They did. Did you
0: watch Raw?
1: I did. Of course, I did. Ziggler carried
0: it. Ziggler carried his oh, slammy out.
1: I don't remember that. Uh,
0: AJ's carrying her slammy out. AJ carried hers out. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? She did for. uh yeah, because she Maybe was she cradling did. it. I she know. was cradling it like a baby. Stop carrying when, your slammies out, did. kids. Yeah, it leave worked him for in the, Owen.
1: Leave them in the bookshelf.
0: Yeah, bookcase, it's, it's, it's like wherever. Cesaro carrying out his uh, Andre the Giant trophy.
1: Poor, poor <laughs> Cesaro never got that trophy for more than a day. But next week, we're going to have our WWE year-end awards. It's going to be an awesome show. Uh, we're going to hand out some awards to Stephanie McMahon, so I know you guys should tune in. <sighs> Uh, catch us at shake them ropes.com at shake them ropes on Twitter. Uh, if you like the show or uh, want to get the word out there about us, please share our iTunes link or whatever with uh, your friends. You know, we are downloadable on iTunes stitcher. You can subscribe to our RSS feed on any of your pod catchers and get the show as soon as it's released. And, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would certainly appreciate it. Um, I, that's all I have to say, Jeff, uh, I'll say goodbye and leave you to your goodbye as usual
0: next week ho ho hogan is going to be ho ho horrible in the world of one million wrestling podcasts there is a new shining star with great interviews analysis music and, and me matt coon on total
2: engagement go to any
0: podcast platform to listen today.